Hey yo, it's Cidro. Holler at the people. Ten thousand tacos, yo. Hey yo, they never call me Flaco. Ten thousand tacos. I like mine with cilantro. Ten thousand tacos. Twist the line, get the taco. Ten thousand yo, tacos. Yo, so much out of while Cidro talk about it. It's ten thousand tacos. Hey yo, I probably ate ten thousand tacos. I can still eat ten thousand more though. Yo, yo, they might not call me Flaco, but they sure can call me Gordo. It's ten thousand tacos. What? What? Ten thousand tacos. What? What? Ten thousand tacos. Yo, 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 yo. Ten thousand tacos. Flow Bama. Is there gonna be tacos after this? I'm hella hungry, bro. Alright, cool. Caesar Mega. Welcome back to Ten Thousand Tacos. I'm your host, Isidro Salas. Ten Thousand Tacos is a podcast, not just about tacos, but what I like to call growing up tacos. I grew up watching my parents make a whole bunch of tacos and sell a whole bunch of tacos. And as a result, I ate a whole bunch of tacos. I love that tacos are such a fun food, but tacos also represent a lot of things to a lot of people. And as I do this podcast, I get to meet so many different walks of life when it comes to how they perceive tacos. And I love the fact that you guys are allowing me to share my experience and how what my parents already knew back 30 years ago when they started in this business. In our last episode, I mentioned a little of how my father got started and I stated, in my opinion, that he was a taco truck pioneer. So I'd like to elaborate a little bit on that and talk a little bit more about that. Now, he was not the only one. Remember, we're, we're talking about the early 80s. And there were other food trucks at the time, but there weren't that many taco trucks, at least that I knew of. Now, I remember seeing this one truck called El Taco Rico on Story Road in San Jose. Story Road and King Road. For those of you who are familiar with that area, you know what I'm talking about. It's now a very popular, busy Target shopping center. But back in the days when a lot of you guys used to go cruising, I think you would remember that truck. Anyway, the funny part about that, just real quick, you can see back then the division of people who ate at these places. Because... Let me rewind a little bit. Back then, this Taco Rico operated next to a very popular franchise that sold similar type of food. It, it has a bell. I'm not going to say the name. I think you guys could figure it out. But the funny part to me is that you could even see back then the division of the types of people who ate at these places. <laughs> On one side, you saw the paisas people from Mexico, people from Latin America, people like me. On the other side, the other establishment, you would see kids, uh, college kids, teenagers, skaters. Um, it was an interesting dynamic to see. And in my opinion, I think that El Taco Rico seemed to have more people. That's just my opinion. I'm just saying. So my dad, I think, took notice of this. And I think... Or I suspect he probably said, I, I can probably do that if I gave it a shot. Or remember, 
And my dad wasn't afraid to take risks. And it wasn't surprising to me that he probably thought, hey, we can do this ourselves too. Going back to my last episode, you know, how my dad started, he noticed that the trucks that he would see on these popular spots in East San Jose were a lot bigger. They were like the size of modern day UPS trucks. So he and my mother started to look for a bigger truck and they found one. They started renting from this lady and soon after that they they bought their own truck. And I remember going with my dad to go pick this truck up. We went we drove all the way down to the Los Angeles and we brought this truck home, which would inevitably be La Chiquita, who if you recall in a few episodes behind that we talked a little bit about her. But anyway, I say my dad was a pioneer because I don't think he was the first to discover selling tacos on a busy intersection. That that was already happening. Now, there are lots of reasons he can be considered a pioneer. And most, I know, would be subjective. Meaning, it's my opinion. And being that he's my father, well, that's an easy claim to make. But I'll give you more than just an opinion. Now, it may not be fact, and it may not come with a lot of data, but, you know, my dad was a pioneer because he did something that no, no one else was doing at the time. And it hovers around the marketing of things. Now, he did not do any market analysis, or, you know, perhaps he did, but it was more mental <laughs> market analysis which is something we all tend to do, mental decisions, especially around budgeting. But anyway, he and my mom knew that there was a relevant market out there, right? Food trucks were plentiful. So there was a market for food to be delivered to people. And again, during the day, my parents were out in the Silicon Valley watching it transform. And they would sell food to a lot of people out in the construction sites and a lot of small businesses. That's how they made their, their daily route. They used to call it La Ruta. More on that later. But And at night, of course, you would see these trucks, these taco trucks parked in certain busy areas in East San Jose. So they took notice of that. And I'm guessing that that was part of their market analysis. I don't think they knew that. So did my dad do some, perhaps... Not like you see in, you know, fancy companies today where they pour thousands of dollars in a marketing plan and part of that plan it, it includes a concern, consumer survey. Uh, my parents, what I think they did, they paid close attention to what people were saying about their food and were listening to them, to their customers. So I'm sure that that has something to do with their decision to start selling tacos at night. Now, did... My dad had plenty of competition as he was making his decision to try to get into this market. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it wasn't just tacos and burritos. There were other types of ethnic foods that were making their way into these type of trucks. In the early 80s, there, there were a lot of Vietnamese starting to make their way into the food truck business. Now, think of those French bread sandwiches a lot of people enjoy today. 
oh man, I mean, these things are really, they're simple. Other than tacos, these things are really good. It's really good stuff. And I'm not going to lie. I, I do crave some of these. So back in the 80s, this type of food was starting to make their way in. So of course, there was just not, not just taco competition. There was a lot of other competition. So my dad, when he decided to go start selling tacos, this is what I think makes him a pioneer because he did something a little bit different. When he started selling his tacos, he started selling the big tortilla, the six inch tortilla, as I mentioned in the very first episode. And he did this at $1.25, $1.25 for the big taco. I know that seems usual now. You'll see some uh, tacos for that price on Tuesdays. I don't know why it's on Tuesdays. People just think that Tuesdays happen to be a day for tacos. <laughs> tacos are everyday thing. Kind of like Valentine's Day. If you're with a loved one, Valentine's Day should be everyday. But hey, that's a different, that's a different episode, perhaps a different podcast. But anyway, today, those little tacos will cost you up to $2 or even $3. I've even paid seven bucks one time for just one taco. I actually got two. Came out to like $14.50. Man, I must not have been wearing my sucker repellent on that day because I simply got suckered. But you know, they were pretty good. So, no excuse. Going back to the $1.25 price point, that price point was perfect at the time. From a marketing perspective, it was a way to get the customers in. And boy, did it get them in. And once they were in, they were hooked. Of course they were hooked. My dad's tacos were hella good. Everybody loved them. Carne asada, cilantro, cebolla, y salsa, salsa roja that my mom used to make, man. And you know, I'm still trying to get that recipe down to where I could get it, to where it tastes just like the way she makes it. And I try to practice, and she tries to give me the recipe. And for anybody who has grown up in a Mexican household where they try to get the recipe from their elder, from their mom, or from their tia, they don't give you a recipe with the, oh, put five grams of this and get little... No, they, they, they give you these weird things like, oh, uh, nomás pone un poquito, un puño de sal. Uh, nomás haz un poquito de esto. They will never, ever give you the same recipe or the same instructions. It's always different. Anyway, come to think about when we, we were selling tacos, it's, it's no wonder why I had so many friends back then. I, I think I was being used for good reasons, but that's okay. You know, I remember some people would, you know, new customers would come in and they would order up to five and they would ask, give me, dame cinco tacos. And then when we would have to give them, you know, when we would give them their order, we'd have to give it to them in two plates. And sure enough, they'd be like, oh, what the hell? They, I thought these were small. Nah. <laughs> and sure, yep, they would only finish about three because these things were big. So getting back to, you know, my dad having and doing things a little bit differently. I think that's how my dad was able to separate his, his tacos from his competition. Again, other trucks were serving the little tacos. 
I think there was a time my parents tried to introduce the little tacos and I think they were willing to sell them for like 75 cents a piece, which was probably a good deal. And the thinking behind that, I would guess they, they're probably telling themselves, well, everybody else is selling the small tacos. Why shouldn't we? We'd probably save some money by using less meat, using uh, paying less for the tortillas. But nah, our customers quickly rejected those little tacos. And simply put, they literally, literally threw them back at us. And then, right there, that's when my dad did another great thing. He just stopped offering the small tacos. The customers had spoken, and, and just as important, my dad had listened. You know, listening is something we as a society don't do very well today. The, the world is very loud, especially with social media and all these things just coming at you, your, your time feed or whatever it's called, where you just get caught up in a lot of crap. You know, we could benefit from not just more tacos, but from listening a little more. It's my two cents. So my dad, he stuck to the $1.25, and he rode that for many, many successful years. I've mentioned in prior episodes that my folks treated people, our customers, with respect, and that included listening. This was an example of that. I think that's how, or at least one of the main reasons why my folks were very successful. One of the many examples of why I think my father was a pioneer. He was a great listener. And it's how he was able to sell so many tacos for a very long time, raise a family, and along the way, how he became one of the baddest taqueros out there. Now, that's a pretty hefty title to give someone. For those who want to argue against it or who want to nominate someone who they think might be a good taquero, well, hit me up. Shoot me an email. Comments at tankatacos.com. So as we wrap up this episode, I'd like to leave you with a taco. It's a little long. I don't know if it's considered a taco, but we'll give it a shot. Listening is like when you're having a taco and the salsa gets truly absorbed by the carne asada. And when that happens, you've heard what that taco is saying. It's probably saying, I'm really good. Thanks for listening to this part two of how my dad became one of the baddest taqueros who ever roamed the earth. <laughs> But join us next time for our final part of my dad's journey. And as we leave, there's one last thing I'd like to mention. As I am uh, wrapping up this episode, I have a good friend who's just come out of surgery. His name is Calvin Bolin. He's a really good guy. And I'm praying, I'm praying for you, buddy. And I hope that you have a speedy recovery so that we can hang out at the 
closest I can hear pretty soon. So, good luck, buddy. I'm Isidro Salas, and this is 10,000 Tacos.